0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 54 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Justin Burrell, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, today on our show, we've got a lot to talk about. People are having sex at Rogers Center, for goodness sakes. People are spending tens of thousands of dollars to go fishing with Buck Martinez. And most importantly, the Blue Jays rebounded against the Cubs after the poor series against the Angels. So we'll get into that a little bit, too. We got our thumbs up, thumbs down. We've got some news and notes. we got to preview the upcoming series in Pittsburgh. But Riley, first, how are you? What's going on?
1: I'm great, man. Had a day off to kind of collect my thoughts and you know what i think we've came to kind of the same idea on a lot of things going to be exciting to talk about a lot of it not looking forward to some of the stuff though jesse but it's those hard talks that we gotta have man i guess you said welcome back marcus strowman it's a series we won still don't feel great about you know where we're sitting right now we'd like to do a little bit better of course jesse
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's get into the game recaps here of the games that happened in the series so you know what we're talking about when we get there. Game one of this series, the Jays won this game 5-4 to four in extra innings. Jays got down 4 nothing after six innings, so things looked bleak, but then Danny Jansen had a clutch three-run home run to get us close. Matt Chapman had a game-tying RBI single in the eighth, and then Danny Jansen with the walk-off single in the tenth to score, I said Matt Chapman, to give the Blue Jays the 5-4 to four win. Blue Jays kept it rolling in game two. This was Kevin Gosman versus Marcus Stroman in his first return back to the Rogers Center. Jays gave up runs in the fourth and the sixth, two solo home runs from Kevin Gosman. He doesn't give up many of those, but he did two in this game. Jays had one in the fifth, then they got a key three-run home run from Teoscar Hernandez to give the Blue Jays the lead. Vladdy also had a solo shot to get some insurance, and Jordan Romano shut the door down for save number 28 on the season. And game three in the finale, Jays lost this game 7-5. to five. Mitch White struggled again as the team got into a hole early. Kevin Biggio did hit his fourth home run of the season, and Alejandro Kirk Kirkland about the first time in six weeks. Jays take 2-3 to three against the Cubs, Riley, just like we thought they would in our last episode when Preview here and a good way to bounce back after the series against the angels
1: well we sure know how to call those um you know we can't call a sweep but we sure as know when we're gonna take two out of three and boy we needed it we didn't need anything less a sweep would have been nice but um mm-hmm. the wheels the wheels fell off man we can only outscore our opponents when we're giving up non-quality starts from our starting pitchers and uh, the offense might have saved Barrios, but you know what and I'm not even gonna say they let down Mitch White. It was just another normal game for our offense, where we sort of struggled at the plate at times. But yeah, Mitch White really letting us down, yeah. and they're not an ideal um, games out of your starters. Of course, Gos Gosman's gonna go out there, go out there and throw smoke, man. Nine Ks over six innings.
0: Yeah, Gosman did his job absolutely uh, rock solid. We'll get into the starting pitching performance a little early. But before we really get into our thumbs up and thumbs down, Riley, we're now into the month of September, right? This is September baseball. The Jays are thick into a playoff race. And I want to kind of break things down here as we prepare for the final month before we get into the season here. So as things stand right now, the Blue Jays are 70 and 59. We're still third place in the AL East. We're eight games back, the Yankees. So I... I Unless something dramatic happens, we're not catching the Yankees here. So we're really going to focus on our spot in the wild card here. Right now, we're two games back of both Tampa Bay and Seattle, and we have a a one-and-a-half game lead over Baltimore and three over Minnesota. So we're in a playoff spot, but we're only in a playoff spot because MLB added an extra playoff spot this year, and the Jays are going to have to really play well. And here's how their schedule looks up. 33 games left in the season. We have three this weekend against Pittsburgh. We have two against Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Then we have three against Boston, three against Texas, three against the Yankees, and then nine against Tampa Bay and ten against the Baltimore Orioles. Puts our strength of schedule at a 519 winning percentage against the teams we're facing here. So the Jays are going to have to take care of their own business here, and they're going to have to win these games. I don't think we're going to get much help from outside of the division.
1: Man, Baltimore is uh, seven wins in their last 10 ball games. Baltimore's in, in a mix, man. For people who don't think they have it right now, for a team that was uh, discounted at the start of the year, Baltimore certainly bringing it. Seattle's another one of those scary teams. The AL Central's bringing absolutely nothing to the showcase this year, with, with exception to the Guardians. Just one of those things. The Central Division's notoriously weak compared to the counterparts East and West, but we got a work cut out for us, man. 500 baseball just ain't going to cut it, even for that third playoffs, but we got to sweep a series somewhat in here. we got to take advantage of one of these series against the Rays or the Orioles and run with it, man. I mean, this is a time where we can't afford to lose four to five ballgames. You're going to see us slip very far back if anything like that happens. Same thing with Tampa, though. You know, if they face a skid, you know, a team like Baltimore comes in or a team like Seattle comes in. Right now, it, we, we got to put our foot to the gas right now. We cannot afford any sloppy ball, and we can't afford to lose any series up to this point.
0: Yeah, like if we go three and seven against the Baltimore Orioles this year, they're going to pass us, if not easily, and it's going to be really good. Like we need to play 500 ball against these teams, if not better, honestly, to keep our spot in the wild card position. It is put up or shut up time now for the Toronto Blue Jays, and we need to keep things going here so we can get into the playoffs and have a chance at winning. Now, Riley, with that being said, I'm going to talk to you about the other four teams that are kind of close to us and what their winning percentage are to see if we can get some help. So Tampa Bay faces a lot of the same things we do. They have nine games against us. They play the Yankees a bunch still. They also have six games left against the Houston Astros. So maybe we'll get some help here as Tampa Bay has probably the toughest schedule in the American League left um, with a 551 opponents winning percentage there. But Seattle, for example... They play a lot more. Oakland. They play some of the bad AL Central teams. They have a 452 strength of schedule left, which is by far the lowest in the AL. So we're not going to get much help. They play a lot of the bad AL Central teams. I think they have Kansas City coming in. They have Detroit still. Um, their teams. Baltimore's about even. They have four left against Houston still, but they also play the A's, Detroit, and Washington. And Minnesota has six against Cleveland still, which might be tough, but they also play the White Sox nine more times. So <laughs> the Jays aren't going to get much help. They need to take care of their business and they need to win the ball games that's in front of them here.
1: And I love to look at other teams schedules and you know what, when it comes down to it, I can't see Tampa, you know, win in 75% of these games or the Orioles, you know, you're going to win games against bad teams and lose games against bad team and vice versa. When you play teams like the Houston Astros, that's just how baseball works. We're at the point of the year right now, where if, if you play 25 games, and you win 15 of them, and you're 15 and 10. You came out of the month September pretty unscathed. Now it's the dog fight, like you said, man. And I would be happy with taking, you know, 15 out of 25 games to have a 15 and 10 record in September. Whatever the you know the game number adds up to, that's something that's going to put us in a good spot to take a you know a wild card spot. Jason, the Yankees is. You know, we're not chasing the Yankees right now. We're fighting three or four teams right now for those three wild card spots.
0: There are some people who would say, yes, it would be good to get that top wild card spot because then we get to play at Roger Centre, which with the COVID rules, some of these teams might be missing players for the postseason. There are some people out there that think, no, the sixth spot's where you want to be because then you face the AL Central Division winner. Now, right now, would be Cleveland. Jays haven't played well against Cleveland this year. But, you no, know, there's some thought to that. But I'd rather just try to keep winning games just get in. As soon as you're in, the MLB playoffs is a crapshoot, right? Just get in. And as long as you're in, you have a chance. And yeah, because once you start playing for seeding or where you want to be or trying to face your opponent, you're screwed. You're in trouble because that opponent will beat you nine times out of ten.
1: Yeah, we're not trying to get picky here. We're trying to get our boys in. Um, they've. This is a team that should be in the postseason. They will be in the postseason. And seeding doesn't matter. Whether we play the Guardians, whether we play the Rays, whoever it may be, um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We got to perform against those teams, teams like the guardians teams we've struggled against, whatever you shut that crap out once the regular season is over But right now, Jesse, we're still in the regular season right now. Nothing is Mm -hmm. set in stone right now. We're trying to get there, brother.
0: All right, still a long way to go too here, so let's hope they can uh, play well here. But let's get into our thumbs up, thumbs down, Riley, and I'll let you have the first one here. Who you want to talk about? Who impressed you in this series against the Cubs?
1: Well, man, uh, how can you not be impressed? And it's Danny Jansen mm-hmm. first and foremost. I mean, how often do you get? It's it feels like it's been a minute since we've had a nice walk off play. In our own ballpark, dude. I mean, it's just it's nice when my guy Matt Chapman's hustling his butt down the line, mm-hmm. trying to score a run. Jansen driving in four in the game, yeah. double in a home run in this series. Like, guy's a monster. I mean, there are times where he struggles at the plate, but in the grand scheme of things, I think Danny Jansen's very underrated. And I made a Bold call at the start of the year when I said our catchers would lead at least the American League and home runs for combined catcher unit. If it weren't for Kirk and his bat going ice cold and Jansen getting in facing his injuries, I think I'd have a legitimate chance at that bet right now. Um, But, you know, that's how the season works. But honestly, Danny Jansen... I think at this point deserves a little more playing time. I think he's playing great ball as of late and he's going to be a crucial part for the rest of this season in this lineup, man. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with having Jansen in uh, four, four to five games.
0: We talked about this a lot when both Jansen and Kirk were hot. It's like, why can't you build lineups where they're both in there? Right. And I think we're kind of getting to that point again, but Riley, two episodes ago, we talked about how Danny Jansen had five hard hit baseballs, hit 102.5 miles per hour or harder. He did it again in this series. His home run went 105.5 miles per hour. And I also had the game tying single to get me over the curveball ball. That won the blue Jays, the game. Now, I will say he followed up that monster performance with an 0 for 4 day as Danny Jansen will do. Um, But it was good to see that John Schneider put him back into the lineup again, right after his (laughs) big day. And I wanted to talk a little bit about Alejandro Kirk here because yes, he did hit a home run in this series, but he has really had his struggles lately. I think since the all-star break, Alejandro Kirk is hitting 250, 344, which the on-base percentage is still good, but only a 339 slugging with two home runs. And uh, yeah, for what it's worth, Jansen in that time, He's been struggling, too, since the All-Star break. He's only hitting 200, um, but he's got four home runs, which is actually fourth on the team since the All-Star break, ahead of both Boba and George Springer, and a bad bit that's less than 200 from Danny Jansen. So, I- I'm wondering, Riley, like, should Jansen be playing more here than uh, Alejandro Kirk down the stretch?
1: Well, yeah, the fact that our team seems to be struggling with the long ball for a team that should easily finish in the top three, I don't even think for the American League least but for all of the American League and on home runs I mean yeah if you got guys launch balls into the seats Danny Jansen is a guy who's been hitting the ball hard mm-hmm. barreling balls up I mean yeah you go with your best players, right? It's not always the guy who's making the most money. That's all aside, you got to go with your hottest bats right now. It's the same when we made the decision to put Kikuchi in the pen. He was our coldest arm at the time we had yeah. to make a decision. Now's the time to make a decision. Who's going to get the most time behind the plate? You can still DH either one of them. Of course, you'd rather, I would personally rather go with Kirk DHing and I'd love Dev Jano behind the plate. But of course, that's up to John Snyder. But yeah. <laughs> It's it's a, it's a simple answer is Jansen's got to play, man.
0: He's I agree. Play. The thing is, like we've seen how good Kirk can be when he's hot. Play but, more, but right now Kirk isn't hot, and that's the problem. Like, yeah, you want to give him a bat so he can get hot again because he can carry this team on his shoulders for a hot stretch of time, but. I don't know man it's tough I don't know what to do I would like to play them both honestly but we'll see how it goes Um another thumbs up I wanted to give is to Matt Chapman nothing too wild here he went 3 for 10 in the series you mentioned how he scored on that run and um there were some people on Twitter who're making memes cuz his face looks hilarious as he's running around the bases there and uh Hey, he looked good. He had a good slide, a Trey Turner-esque slide coming into home to score the winning run there. So good base running from Chapman. And as always, it's his defense. And I really liked how Matt Chapman was out on the field early with Bo Bichette and they were working on his defense because we know Bo struggled with that this year. And if you're going to learn defense from anybody, Matt Chapman is the guy you want to learn how to play infield defense from. Shows that Chappie's a really good character guy on this team and in this clubhouse. And I'm honestly, I'm glad he's on our team.
1: Yeah, man. Oh, talk about a guy who... Is just doing it all for us, man. You talk about leadership, and I and I do say doing it all, and for those people, well, his his averages, blah blah blah, whatever. But honestly, leadership is important. Character is. Is, is such a good trait and you know we've seen Springer with the leadership role he's taken on our young guys are trying to step into those leadership roles but right now Chapman working with you know I'll say a less than stellar Bull Bichette right now is mm-hmm. something that we all need to even physically see that you know it's the same thing with what he said about say Kikuchi you know don't quit on this guy well you know Bo, Bo's having one of the worst statistical years that he probably will ever have in in the recent history for shortstops it's down there as well well, you know, it shows that he's not even giving up on it. He's not giving up on his teammates, man. He's sticking it right through the end. And also, yeah, loving loving the base running around third base out of my guy Matt Chapman. You know, arms going like like Captain Jack Sparrow getting chased, uh, <laughs> and then that one Pirates of the Caribbean movie it was awesome. That's he's not he's not a fast guy. He's not a slow guy. He's a mid speed runner, but he was he was hoofing her, man. He was absolutely hoofing it.
0: Hey, putting in the effort. You love to see that from your ball team here. Uh, quick, I just want to make a note about George. Romano, he is allowed three earned runs in total in the month of July and the month of August. That's it for your closer, that'll be Jordan Romano. So a little mini.
1: Yeah, Mister Markham, doing it, man. Love having him in the ninth inning. I mean, what what else can you say, man? He's he's doing his thing, and uh, yeah, he's he's having a career year right now, and I see it just getting much better for Mister Jordan Romano. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, from the positives to the negatives, Riley, we got to do some thumbs down here now, and I'll let you have the first one. Lots you can go. There's been some struggling Blue Jays on this team so far. And who do you want to give the first one to?
1: I think we'll give it to... Um, I think we'll give it to Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Yeah. I think... And I, I sadly have to go back on... I've said this a few times. Like, oh, I think I... Well, I might not have say it, said it, but I definitely have thought it. Oh, it's just about time Lourdes is going to get hot. Uh, you know, he went, he went one for 12 in the series. Uh, he'll get hot here real soon. Mm-hmm. But Jesse... Is it just me or is he not? I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how he has an average around 300 right now, let alone, you know, I think he went, I I don't even want to guess. I think he had a, you know, he was on base maybe twice in this series and got 14 plate appearances. I don't know the exact number off by heart, but it was not a good series for Mr. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. He has not he's not produced extra base wise. I loved him at the top of the order for a couple of those games. I thought it was a great decision. And now it's kind of kind of got stale real quick to put it into put it plain, man. It got stale really quick. And it seems to be George back on the top, whether he's DH in center field and Lordis is kind of, you know, shuffling around.
0: Lordis Gurriel Jr. One for 13 with just a single. And uh, no walks in the series um, against the Chicago Cubs, so it wasn't ideal. And, Riley, today is a big day. I would like to wish you a happy two-month anniversary since the last time Lourdes Gurriel Jr. hit a home run. <laughs> in fact, it's uh, Canada Day was the last time Lourdes Gurriel Jr. went deep. And since moving up to the number three hole, or actually, Riley, I should say, since we mentioned on our show that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. might win a batting title, he is winning. He is hitting two twenty-seven. Uh with a 574 OPS. He is not good enough to be hitting this high in the order right now. And Riley, I got a fun list here of here are some hitters around the league who have more home runs than Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Santiago Espinal has more home runs than him. Whit Merrifield has more home runs. Aaron Hicks, who the Yankees want like off to of this planet. He has more home runs than Gurriel. Garrett Stubbs, who I didn't even know was still playing baseball has more home runs than Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And even his brother, Yuli Gurriel Jr. has seven home runs, which is still more than Lourdes. So, Even Kevin Biggio O'Reilly is one home run behind Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And that makes you say, wow, um, I don't know what will. We need the power to come back. And honestly, no home runs in two months. Yikes.
1: Guy could make a wicked pina colada, though. I just <laughs> want to get that in. Guy knows how to mix a fruit smoothie, but the guy does not ha- know how to go yard in the major leagues. I don't know what it is, man. I thought he had the potential for the power tool. Obviously, if this is what it's going to be like, I, I, I'm not sure. He seems to be he seems to be kind of a liability at the top of the order when he's hitting there, and then you put, bat him 7th. And he's he's batting three ten. You move him up to the top Perfect. of the order when he's hitting well and he's producing a 170 average. I don't know, man. It's funky that way. Why don't we just why don't we just call it spade to spade and bat him bat him seventh in the order and hopes hope that he contributes, you know, more than he's been doing as well, especially in this series. I was close. I said I said 14 plate appearances and got two hits or two yeah. on base. One for 13 is still an atrocious number. What we're trying to say is he's not he's batting, you know, there's batting under the Mendoza line and then there's batting you know single digit numbers beside your scorecard when you're batting point oh something and yeah lord is just not having it in the series easy thumbs down
0: Another guy who um, hasn't performed as much as our expectations this year is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And Vladdy did hit a home run in game three of this series, but he's gone back to hitting way too many balls on the ground Riley. And last year in his MVP final season, he raised his launch angle to 9.4 and it's by far the highest it's been in his career. And you saw the success that followed from him this year. It's back to what it was in 2020 to 4.5. And yes, I know Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is still hitting the ball hard, but at the major league level I think Josh Donaldson preached this for the longest time. Like you got to hit the ball in the air because the defense is so good in the big leagues that ground balls are out. On Monday, for example, Vladdy went 0 for 4 with four ground balls. At one point, he Vladi hit a ground ball in nine straight at-bats. In fact, Vladdy has 93 ground outs on the season, which is fourth most in Major League Baseball, and his ground ball rate is 51.4%. But with men on base, it's even higher at 57%. Vladdy needs to start elevating the baseball because that's when he does the most damage. And with the exit velocity that comes off his bat, he can be elite. It's just he's got to fix this, make better swing decisions, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will get back to the guy we saw last year.
1: Well, he absolutely crushes the ball, Jesse. And I mean, on some pitches, like I've never seen a guy like I've seen guys swing hard, but he might be one of the hardest swingers I've ever seen. He's got a smooth swing, but he does swing hard. You got to imagine, you know, what kind of tinkering guys do minuscule things throughout the year. I mean, long launch angle is such a funny thing where you are making contact with your bad head, you know, where your, where your elbow was, where your hands are falling through. These are little things, little intricate things that of course you and i you know we might think that we know what we're doing vladdy knows kind of what's going on or may not know what's going on it's kind of a swing adjustment in my opinion it can be fixed obviously if it's been tried to be be fixed up to this point it hasn't worked Mm -hmm. Uh, driving a ball into the ground yeah jd said it it's an out man. If there's a good infield in play, it doesn't matter if he's hitting it 103 miles an hour guys will make those plays. This is not 1970, whatever, anymore. These are all elite fielders, man. Everyone in baseball can do everything nowadays. And yeah, they're just hard ground outs, man. It's a little disheartening. It's, I'll say though, it's good to see that he's hitting balls hard and he's making good, good contact but he's just not making good contact to the right part of the field and with the right launch angle man it's I I know it's easier um, said than done but yeah could you imagine how many extra base hits he would have if he just changed just something so minuscule man Mm -hmm.
0: he's so close that's the thing that bothers us I think he's so close (laughs) to that level but he's still not there and it's frustrating especially with the men on base part that's what uh, really eats at me here but Riley, really quick. I want to talk about the Blue Jays bench here because Bradley Zimmer is back and now it's September 1st. He's one of two September call-ups. We'll get to the second one. <laughs> in the minute here. But Bradley Zimmer is back and now this is what the Blue Jays bench is going to look like. So Bradley Zimmer's on it. Who can't hit? Rymel Tapia's on it. Who can't hit? Jackie Bradley Jr. is on the bench. He also can't hit. Kevin Biggio is fine, I guess, but he also can't really hit. And Whit Merrifield, he's hit in the past, but he hasn't hit since coming a Blue Jay. So Riley, is this going to be a problem that our bench has all these guys that just can't hit? <laughs>
1: well yeah i mean you put two extra guys in the clubhouse i wish we were old rules i'd love the 40 guys in the clubhouse personally i think 28 is a ridiculous number i love the 40 guys in the clubhouse whatever because that would give guys like moreno I Mm -hmm. bet you would even see Ricky Tiedemann up getting a couple innings long relief style, but whatever, let's deal with this. Let's go over the names. You said, yeah, it's not 2016 anymore. So JBJ and Whitmerfield, their pedigree has gone. Zimmer could never really hit our wildcard guy for me is Kevin Biggio. Mm -hmm. I mean, he definitely is not a guy who's going to crack his full potential, but can he go on a little bit of a run? I certainly think so. And that's the hope. I mean, we, we see little spurts with Cav and Biggio, and I feel like if any guy's going to step up, I feel like Espinal had a great first half of this year, but he has really fallen off, man. And I don't know what it is. We could be sitting here, honestly, man, and giving Espinal thumbs down. Probably, you know, half the last six episodes, three of the last six episodes. I feel anytime we could have said Espinal thumbs down for whatever reason. Nothing, nothing, nothing personal, Santiago. Just his numbers are not matching what he was doing earlier on. I think that Biggio's a wild card man would love to see him get used more in ball games, and Whit Merrifield. Yeah, maybe a little bit, dude. But other than that, it could be a problem. It could be a problem for sure, Jesse.
0: The problem is if the Jays are building out a lineup where they only put one of Alejandro Kirk or Danny Jansen in there, then two of these five guys are going to be in the lineup every day. And if they can't hit, I think it's going to be a problem. But uh, Riley, I got to move on here. We got to talk about our starting pitchers. We haven't talked about any of them yet in this series. I'll, really quick, I'll give you their lines. And in about a minute or so, give me what your thoughts are on these three. Jose Brios went five and two-thirds innings pitch. He gave up 10... 10 hits, four earned runs, one walk, four case. I think he pitched better than his line indicated, but he just put too many pitches right down the heart of the plate. Kevin Gosman was good six innings, five hits, two earned runs, one walk, nine case. And Mitch White was not so good four and two thirds, eight hits, six earned runs, one walk, and five case. Some good, some bad, some ugly. Riley, really quick, if you got any thoughts on those,
1: yeah. Uh, I, I think I think that you're kind of right that it wasn't as bad, but anytime you go out there and give up 10 hits, that's yeah. not a good number to go exactly. by. And you can match it with the rest of Barrios' season. He has 83 earned runs given up, which is the most in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. He's got 27 home runs, which is the most in the major mm-hmm. league. Jose Barrios has not cut it. In fact, I don't know what his ERA to start the season was, but it's currently now sitting at 422 career ERA so it's must've gone up there at some point. Oh, and his ERA on the season, Jesse 5.32. That number is just way too damn high for a guy that we're sinking that much money into. Um, I'm going to be real quick with Gosman. He's just, he's just a disgusting pitcher. I cannot believe we got him (laughs) and that he is doing like, like I, (laughs) I, I wish he went, I wish he'd got, he got nine strikeouts. I wish it was another double digits for Gosman because he just deserves it. He just, he honestly just deserves it. The deception on his pitches. I still think that that splitter might be just, you pair that with his fastball. It's one of the nastiest one, two punches and, Mitch White hasn't done anything since he's become a Toronto Blue Jay. In fact, his ERA is over seven. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's one quality start. There might be one quality start or maybe not because he doesn't qualify because it seems like Mitch White doesn't even pitch into the fifth inning. He's 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 a long reliever at best. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I was a little bit hype on this guy um, because I saw good things. There's still potential. But he was pitching much better with the Dodgers before we got a hold of him. He, he was making starts and coming out long relief style for the for the LA Dodgers. Comes over to us and he's just made game starts. And yeah, Jesse, we kind of know how it goes. An ERA over seven. I don't think maybe one quality start, maybe none. It's one of those two, but it feels like when he's on the hill, we've just been getting beaten, battered. And yeah, and this one, man, the offense just couldn't support his 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 duties.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, we don't have any starting depth behind him. So Mitch White is going to get a run. And I guess we just hope he turns it around, I guess. I don't know. I'm not optimistic either, but uh, it's got to happen here. Moving on to some news and notes here. The Blue Jays have announced their two September call-ups. As mentioned, Bradley Zimmer was one of them and is back, and he's returned to the team. And the Jays chose to go with Casey Lawrence for the second September call-up. Now, we speculated it might be a third catcher, either Moreno or Zach Collins, or honestly, Zach Pop, or Julian Merriweather, who honestly should be in this pen. But they went with Casey Lawrence, and I have a suspicion here that I think they want to do a tandem start in the last game against Pittsburgh, this series, with him and Yusei Kikuchi. And maybe so that gets um gets both Manoa and Kevin Gosman lined up to face Baltimore this week because that's the only reason I can think of why you choose Casey Lawrence over Zach Pop, who should be in this bullpen anyway. The fact he was sent down was kind of silly. And Julian Merryweather, who's done his rehab assignment and is carving up trip hitters in AAA. So, any thoughts on Casey Lawrence? Quickly, there or just yeah
1: no Lawrence is ma. I'm really missing Zach Pop. He should be with this team. I I don't know about Mary. I don't know about Merryweather. <clears throat> But um, yeah, he's on the cusp, but Zach Pop, for sure never should have been sent down in the first place. Um, yeah, let's if you're right on the tandem start, let's hope that the split between Casey Lawrence and Yusei Kikuchi works out in the Blue Jays favor. Because if not, that's a big, a big F right in our face, Jesse. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I'll talk about that when we preview the series here. Um, some more news and notes. The Jays have acquired 18 year old catcher Edward Duran. He's the player to be named later that we acquired in the Zach Pop, Anthony Bass trade. I don't have a scouting report on him because he's still quite young, 18, but he did have more walks than strikeouts and he makes good contact and this seems like the type of guy that the Blue Jays are trying to acquire. Uh, Ricky Tiedemann has been placed on the development list and with the New Hampshire Fishercats only having two series left on their schedule, I would bet that Ricky Tiedemann's season is likely over and uh, we won't be seeing him in the big leagues pitching on the playoff roster for this team as we speculated he might have earlier. Uh, he's going to be the talk of the offseason, Riley, and the talk of spring training, so we got a lot about him. Uh, Nate Pearson through a live BP session yesterday and should be approaching a rehab assignment here soon. Check in next episode. We'll probably have details on that. And the blue Jays released their 2023 spring training schedule with the first game being held against Pittsburgh on February 25th, 2023. So find your calendar, mark that date on it because the first spring training game, always one of the best times of year.
1: 2023 sounds like something out of a futuristic cartoon like the Jetsons or something, man. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. Uh, Tied him uh, t-, t him up for one of those starts, either that game or mm-hmm. pretty close, but mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll make the first one. And, uh, yeah, your guy, Nate Pearson still existing, not, not pitching, but he exists. <laughs> I still
0: believe in Nate Pierce. It's, oh. it's tough because he's 24 years old and he's um, he's like kind of lost all prospect pedigree. He's barely pitched much, if at all, but the guy still throws 102, man. like I'm looking at the stuff and it's like it's got to play. I think we've all lost hope that he's going to turn into something like Justin Verlander, but if he can be a guy of your bullpen like Felix Bautista is for the uh, Orioles right now, that'll work. Sign me up for that.
1: I I love I love the Nate Pearson fan club at you. I will <laughs> I, I, I love how you love your guys. Matt Chapman could be hitting below the Mendoza line. I would still root for him just as hard, man. So I get that. I feel that. It's just it just it's a losing battle. And you know what? I hope he goes up there and throws smoke. And I hope he gets better soon, Jesse, because you know. It seems like we're going to need some arms here very quickly.
0: I agree. I'm a sucker for upside. What can I say? Well, with that being said, the Blue Jays begin a three-game series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, as probable pitchers as of now are Alec Manoa in game one against Tyler Beatty Game two will be Ross Stripling against JT Brubaker. Game three right now is Jose Brios against Rowans, de Contreras. But like I said, I do expect Yusei Kikuchi and Casey Lawrence to start one of these games. I'm not sure which one to do a spot start to kind of push their better pitchers back to face Baltimore and uh tampa bay down the stretch so riley any quick thoughts how do you think we're gonna do against pittsburgh this week
1: well i mean i think we're gonna i think we're gonna take two out of three it should be a sweep i think we have another stupid game in there pittsburgh's a team that I don't think they're going to lose a hundred games. I think they're going to lose 95 to 97 games area. Uh, you know, they're in a, a hard rebuild too. Um, they're currently saddled at 49 and 81. So when you hear that number pop off, when they have over 80 losses and not quite 50 wins, that's a number we should take advantage of. And I think we will for two of those games, but I think the way our luck's bounced, man, I think we lose a tough one. Probably one that you and I cry ourselves to sleep over and we should have won.
0: (laughs) Well, it'll make for good content for the podcast, I guess. So uh, we'll love that. I'm with you two out of three. I do think a sweep is more likely than us losing the series for what it's worth. But yeah, I mean, Kikuchi has to pitch this series. And anytime Kikuchi pitches, I think you just chalk that up as an L right now. So that's my thoughts on that.
1: Uh, Yeah, that'll be the one I'm referring to, Jesse. That'll be that game I'm referring to, the blow up. Hey, the Jays got... Jay scored eight runs on 13 hits. Yeah. But how did our pitching do? We don't want to talk about it.
0: Plus one quick before we leave this series here. Um, Who's going to have a harder hit ball, Vladimir Guerrero jr. Or, or Neil Cruz.
1: Oh, I'm going to say Danny Jansen. Oh uh,
0: yeah. With this, the way he's been going on. I like that pick. <laughs> Love that pick. That's going to be grand. All right. That'll do it for episode. Here yeah. Tonight. Well, you
1: got O'Neill Cruz longest single ever, man. Mm-hmm. Longest single
0: ever. <laughs> Guy can absolutely mash and he'll be excited to uh, watch for in this series here, but that'll do it for our episode here today. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. Be sure to like, and subscribe, leave us a five-star review and all that fun stuff on those podcast streaming platforms. Riley, September baseball is here and the blue Jays are right in the thick of things. Let's hope we get hot and this team can start going because I'd hate to sit here in another month and talk about how we failed, how this blue Jays score is a disaster and they need to really make things up. Let's just get into the playoffs and let's go from there.
1: I'm going to try my hardest not to bite all my fingernails off this month, but you know what? We've already spent five months of baseball and I already got none. So guess what? Let's just hope for the best. It's going to be fun.
0: I agree, man. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you again after the series against the pirates. Let's go blue Jays.
1: Thanks guys.